0: Us for another special edition because this is the stanley cup final edition and this time we're talking about dallas joining me today is logan stark from defending big d logan hello. welcome hello thank you for having me well, thank you for joining me let's
1: get into it all of the <laughs> dallas uh Snark and notes and hot takes. I, you know, was making notes in my notebook earlier today, and and just sitting there thinking, like, you know, what are some really spicy takes I can come up with? And I thought, I think the stars had all of them on the ice last night. So,
0: (laughs) I think the spiciest take you come you could come up with is that Corey Perry is actually worth a replacement value player.
1: (laughs) I, I just. Yeah, looking up his, you know, stats from last night and and then sitting there going, this is the world we live in that Corey Perry is on my, you know, by this this team that I write about and and remembering it, the moment on July 1st last year when it was announced that he'd signed with the team and just watching our Twitter mentions just like explode. It was variations of like the Michael Scott gift You're like no, dear God, no. <laughs> We'll never forget that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard you jinxed him into coming to your team. Oh, that wasn't me. That was one of my staff.
1: And uh, Tyler, if you're listening, I'm so sorry, but I'm throwing you under the bus, bud. <laughs> uh, so last year in the Rant of Free agency on the first, you know, we were talking about, you know, profiles for potential targets. And, uh, you know, we we had a list and then we heard, you know, Perry was definitely uh, out there and Tyler messages me and goes, What do you think about doing a profile on Perry as a potential free agent signing? And, and I my reaction was no. <laughs> and, and he goes, but think of the website hits, think of the traffic and the interactions and the social media hits. And and I'm a sucker for that. So I said, sure, why not? As long as you take full responsibility for the like the storm that's about to happen, you know, digitally. And as expected, fans reacted with all of the calm, insightful, compassionate, thoughtful responses you would expect.
0: Yeah, and then, really, total. Yeah,
1: totally. And then I think it was like we ran that maybe a week, maybe ten days before the um, free agency window opened, and then it happened. He signed. The world tilted sideways off its axis for a few minutes there, and I just went into a group chat and went at Tyler. Why? <laughs>
0: How dare you curse
1: us this way? It's just been this running joke of I cannot believe that we somehow jinxed him into signing with Dallas, and (laughs) ever since the walk of shame in the Winter Classic, him not being able to play in Anaheim in his return, you know, home game because he was still serving the ban for the Winter Classic. All of these Corey Perry moments. I'm just sitting there grinding my teeth and going, I cannot believe I allowed that article to a come into being and then B be
0: published <laughs> So, to Dallas stars fans everywhere. I am so sorry. <laughs> but on the bright side, you have Joe Pavelski.
1: We do. We do. That was probably the most delightful moment of that day. Uh, you know, seeing, you know, it, it came down to Tampa Bay and Dallas and he he decided Dallas uh, thankfully now. And, uh, you know, I come from a you know a, a family that that has a lot of our relatives in the Bay Area. And so I, I my allegiance had been to the sharks for ages. And and so to see, you know, the former sharks captain come over, my the very tiny part of me that loved the sharks way back when that has not fully been snuffed out just went Yay! <laughs> and ever since every time he does something, I'm like, that's my former captain. <laughs> so <laughs> I am a mess of multi-fan feeling, you know, multi-team fan feelings. And, uh, yeah, I think anyone who follows me on Twitter has just gotten used to that at this point, but yeah, no, he's been great in the playoffs for Dallas. He was great all season, um, great voice in the locker room and then watching him on the ice, just rack up goals, you know, join these incredible lists of, of you know, players who have had, you know, multi goal games, multi, you know, multiple goals in the playoffs, um, you know, especially, you know, important game winning ones, series winning. Um, I don't, I think it was now Kivaranta was the, the series winning in you know, overtime uh, against Colorado. But regardless, absolutely incredible on the ice. And I am so glad he's on Dallas instead of Tampa Bay, because I think having him with the Tampa Bay system would have been a lot harder to defend against in this series because he's just so good at finding those small openings in the lane and getting the job done. And for us that's worked really well for say Calgary Flames not so much. So he's he's been great. My my one of my favorite players to have watched on the team in the playoffs.
0: Now I heard that your mom is a convert. She was a big, <laughs> big Calgary Flames fan and you said you converted her. Uh well, I didn't I mean I was
1: an accomplice in the conversion. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Anton Vudobin who, who did the converting, but uh, <laughs> my mother is a lifelong Calgary Flames fan. We, we grew up near the border um, with Canada, and she, in the 80s, for a lot of her work, would go up to Calgary quite often, uh, fell in love with the team up there ever since, has watched the games, loves the guys. So she was really excited when they made the playoffs, and then both of us collectively went, oh, no, when we realized they'd be playing one another. Had a great bet. I won a ton of cracking gear thanks to Dallas doing the thing. Uh, Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, it also meant, you know, or fortunately, I should say, it meant she ended up watching my team instead of just here and there when I would call her and yell, turn on the TV. You need to see what these guys are doing. And she just fell in love with Anton Hudo. And she just took one look at him and went, this one is mine. And I love him now. (laughs) (laughs) And. You know, she, she she started asking me, you know, who is this guy and what's with, you know, the, the elf from Harry Potter on his goalie mask and all these other things. And and so now when she can't watch the games, she watches most of the Dallas games now. But when she can't watch them, she'll text me afterwards and go, Dobby updates. And I just send her a paragraph breaking down his, his performance in the game. And, you know, I, I send her, you know, like great pictures of him from the game. And, and she just adores him it is the funniest thing uh, her birthday is coming up next week and i hopefully she doesn't listen to this until after her birthday but i am trying to get my hands on a really hilarious anton hudovan shirt that i found online for her um because what is life if if you don't proudly declare to all of your uh you know, neighbors on the street that you're an Anton Hudobin fan when literally the rest of the street are Tampa Bay fans because our our hometown is the hometown of one of the Tampa Bay guys. And yeah, so that's been interesting. I just keep telling her, do not put any Dallas Stars paraphernalia in the windows, mom, don't do it. She just laughs and she goes, no, that's for after. Like, don't chase it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, uh, but yeah, she's a, a convert and, you know, she'll text me did the defense take a walk into Edmonton and get lost? Do we need to send a search party for them? And I just respond, not funny. <laughs> so it's been an interesting ride explaining to my mom. So remember these players I've been talking about for years and years? Well, that's who that one is. And, you know, it, it's great to see her connecting the dots with my work and my passion. Um, and it's it's been quite, quite lovely. Uh, yeah, between her and, you know, my partner, long-suffering Leafs fan, who, who has... Side heavily. I'm gone, I'm fond of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been about three months since I had a knee surgery. And so my, you know, my, my surgeon, my PT team, you know, my recovery team every week, multiple appointments. And they're like, so what's going on in the world of hockey? And I've made them all Dallas fans somehow. They're, they're watching the games. They're, they're asking for my thoughts on it. And I'm sitting here going, well, this is the oddest benefit of <laughs> this massive reconstruction like I <laughs> did not see this coming <laughs> so that's been quite fun
0: I feel like the NHL needs to um sit down with you and go how did you convert all of these 20 people that are in your circle to begrudgingly become Dallas fans in order to grow the sport because the NHL is notoriously bad at marketing itself as as a entity as I, a whole yeah I uh...
1: <laughs> I there was a, a, um I think it was the score put out a graphic last night a uh, based on geotagged Twitter data each you know who each state is rooting for in in the United States which team each state is rooting for and um and I'm I'm based in Oregon and and to see that Oregon is very clearly Dallas I just said it to my mom and went, whoops I think I might be responsible for that <laughs> at least part of it <laughs> um it, I think it's just me people indulging me you know Rambling about this sport that I love, that you know, now I I get to write about and talk about and and tweet about. And then, uh, as my partner once said, you know, you're just your passion is really infectious in the good way, (laughs) um, the era of COVID. And uh, he said, it's you know, it gets you excited. I'm like, that would explain how he made me a Raptors fan over the years. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, you know, NHL, if you're listening, happily, I will sit down and talk (laughs) about it. Um, You know, I am a a fan of several teams in the league, but yeah, Dallas, Dallas have my heart pretty thoroughly. I've got a Dallas star sign in my window here, you know, in Portland and, uh, you know, very proud of that. Even if my partner goes, we need a Leafs one to balance it. And I keep going, yeah, talk to me when they make it this far in the playoffs.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's gold.
1: (laughs) Never forget him in the playoffs this year, just sighing and going, Well, at least it wasn't Boston and at least it wasn't game seven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, Walmart there sees. you go, Toronto. <laughs> at least it wasn't Boston and game seven. Well, then the
1: Raptors, what was it, a week and a half, two weeks later, continued that. So, yikes.
0: <laughs> it's a you know, time Toronto, old tradition. It is. And I
1: just want to know who cursed Toronto. And what is the deal with the Boston connection? It, it's it's just, you know, looking at that, I'm sitting here going, I need to dig into like the curse lore and see, you know, what could have prompted this mess that's been happening for several years now. Uh, but that is for the tinfoil conspiracy hat theory, uh, tinfoil <laughs> hat conspiracy theory. I didn't have enough caffeine this morning. Uh, <laughs> that's for that pod, not this one. <laughs>
0: I am all about the tin tinfoil, conspira- ha- tinfoil hat conspiracy theories. My favorite one that I always talk about endlessly is that the NHL Draft lottery is rigged and you will not talk me out of it. <laughs> You're not wrong. Ru- you know, that actually explains this year. How did Detroit end up that low? <laughs> And and uh, the Rangers magically winning number one after they got number two last year, like,
1: mm-hmm. right? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like eyebrow
1: up in the hairline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we see you NHL,
0: <laughs> and and it's like, well, how are they gonna rig it? it? You know, they showed us the ping pong balls. Like, please, that's like the easiest system to rig. <laughs> Do we know what was
1: inside the ping pong balls? Like, they didn't show us the inside of them.
0: (laughs) Exactly, Logan. (laughs) I was almost convinced.
1: (laughs) We need, like, a whole pod that's just conspiracy theories, you know, like, you know, all the conspiracy theories after everyone watched the last dance about, you know, the Bulls and Michael Jordan and and all this (laughs) thing they're going, like, Twilight Zone intensifies, right? (laughs) Reminder to everyone listening if you have not checked your registration, go to vote.org. Uh, if you haven't registered, what are you doing? Please go register. Check your state deadlines. Make sure you're registered. Vote early.
0: <laughs>
1: Please. Uh, and one I, more
0: thing about that on voting um, down ballots matter. Your city council matters. It if, does. It, it, absolutely it does, does so much. Like, in LA, we have a huge fight that's revving up for the LA City Council. And what's on the board is potential money for the unhoused, AKA homelessness, and um, um, defunding the police. So, oh, these- wow. Yeah. These are big issues that are at stake because one person who's running, like he's been against giving money to unhoused people and um, he's been against money or he's been against, you know, defunding the police. So these are the kinds of things that are at stake and you never know what can happen with your vote. So vote. Uh And uh, for my California peeps, you do not have to pick a party in order to vote in a federal election You do if you're voting in a federal election primary, but that's different.
1: Yep. Now it's just the general election and vote, vote, vote.
0: (laughs) Vote, but only vote once. Otherwise, your vote doesn't count. Yes, absolutely. All right. Let's get back to the uh, topic of hockey at hand. Yes. So uh, coming into the Stanley Cup final, the Stars, I don't want to say they had momentum, but they managed to uh stop the the best um two of the three most high scoring teams in the league
1: right like they
0: they they shut down the the best offenses in the league coming into the Stanley Cup final so they they i mean they did blow a 3-1 lead against Colorado but they did away with Vegas in what was it five games 4-6 mm-hmm. yeah five games yeah five games
1: yeah, the, uh, the Colorado series was an interesting one, you know, coming into it, um, they, you know, and, and you know, for, for your listeners who, who don't follow me on Twitter or know me, my, uh, I always say Dallas is my work team, even though I, they, they are my guys, but Colorado and Tampa Bay are my fun team. So this final is, as a fan, incredibly stressful, but <laughs> that matchup between Dallas and Colorado, I just went, oh no, in like the tiniest voice possible, <laughs> um, but having watched, Colorado through the season I, I just went even when they were down half their roster due to injury for a significant portion of the regular season they're still a nightmare on the ice you know at half capacity they were terrorizing the league and that does not bode well when you've got full capacity on your roster um so I I expect them to come in and, and kind of you know smack Dallas around and Dallas just went not a chance um And then Colorado started picking up injuries, more and more significant injuries. And, you know, they they go down a goaltender, they go down a defenseman, they go down another defenseman, they go down another goaltender. They end up on their third string goaltender. And then they go down their captain as well. And there's only so many, you know, it's a a death roster, but there's only so many high power injuries you can sustain to that high scoring lineup before you, you get the cracks. And so that's how, Dallas went up 3-1 pretty quickly, you know, they they found Colorado's weakness. They caught them on the back skate as it were. Um, you know, unsettled their goalies and then when they they got in the third stringer, that was the that was the change. You know, when Hutchinson went into the net for Dallas, it was something like he had this like massive personal bubble, like force shield around him. Like if you if you look at the, you know, the shot attempt maps, it's just this uncanny massive circle around him for that game what was it game five and uh you know dallas could not get a shot at him it was just like they got spooked of we're doing this well and they put in a third string goaltender what are they up to they there must be a master plan behind this right you know nefarious mustache twirling aside uh somehow dallas and dallas does this you know in the regular season in the playoffs they they come out on a tear they're great we think we fixed our goal scoring problems that we've seen for about two ish years now post Ken Hitchcock. Um, and then they choke, they forget how to score. The defense gets a little goofy and suddenly the series is tied and it goes to game seven. The thing about the Dallas stars is never count them out until it's over. Like, you know, the saying of until the, what is it? The fat lady sings, you know, in, in in opera, don't don't count these guys in Victory Green out until they are off the ice after the game. Um, because there is something about these guys. They get in the locker room and they all look around and Jamie Ben looks at them and goes, We're getting this done. We're not going home. And then that's how you get, you know, you her on to going, we're not going home yet, and the entire room cheering. <laughs> so there's something to be said for the tenacity and the grit that Dallas plays with. Not that they play gritty hockey, but just personal grit that they're up 3-1 it's tied 3-3 winner go home they go to overtime and they go we are not doing what we did with St. Louis last year we are not losing this we're we're sticking through this and that personal grit it can't be quantified but I swear it has made such a difference with this team in this playoff run and you know people talk about oh, this playoff format is different teams that wouldn't have made it as far made it because of the playoff format or the bubble or whatever. I'm like, yay. Okay. There, there can be truth in that, but these guys want it so much and they have struggled through so much and they have come back from such adversity and man, they're going up against the best teams in the league. And they go, "Eh, we're not scared. And these teams are used to, you know, Vegas and Colorado are used to people cowering in fear, right? And Dallas waltzes in in game one against Vegas and Vegas, you know, after the final whistle is looking around blinking going, wait, what happened? (laughs) Because Dallas just went, we're not going to get spooked. We're, We're not going to let these guys get in our heads like they have in the past. And That depth and that leadership in the locker room from Ben and, you know, Pavelski, who has had quite a a lot of playoff experience, um, makes a difference. And I think that personal grip, off-ice leadership, you know, locker room discussions, that makes a huge difference with this team. And I will be curious to see with game four on Friday as we're recording this thursday um i'll be curious to see what happens in game four because we got the post-game pressers with the guys saying we're going to come out we're going to even the series we're we're not we're down but we're not out and i i went i've heard that before and i i remember how this has gone in past series with you know the grin on my face appearing but still terror nail biting yelling at my computer going why 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 Cause my Apple watch thinks that I'm working out <laughs> while sitting perfectly still. <laughs> so that will be interesting to see what happens. I know you have other questions for me though, aside from Dallas <laughs> stunning Colorado and Vegas and all of my Colorado friends texting me going, we're putting you in a cone of isolation for the series. And I just went, okay, fair.
0: <laughs> yeah. I've had to do that so. with some of my uh, other friends like, Nope, Nope. Cannot. We we cannot do this. I cannot look at anything that has to do with your team right now because I just need to straight line focus, and that's it.
1: <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, shout-out to one of my best friends who's a, a diehard Colorado fan, does not care about Dallas, you know, but, you know, supports me in my Dallas love and has put up with my, you know, in our DMs ever since Colorado went home, has put up with me, you know, during the games in our our group chat, just yelling in all caps about what's happening and supporting me lovingly through the whole thing. Like I'm glad you get to experience this and I'm sitting here going, it would have been great to watch Colorado do this, but (laughs) I never thought I would get to write about these guys that I love going this deep. And now they're in the Stanley cup final. And you know, my, my gut reaction to that is just jaw on the floor going, did not see this one coming this year.
0: Nope. 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 Not see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) So it looked like in game one of the Stanley Cup final, you know, Dallas was continuing its role of just completely shutting down the literal top offense in the league. I mean, I know there's like a grit and perseverance and just a will, but quite literally, how are they doing this? Like, what are they doing to limit chances against and, and save Dobby? Who is on a tear right now?
1: Right. Uh, aside from Game Three, and and I actually this morning was looking at the um, the shot map for Game Three, and three of the goals out of the five were literally front door, like they're they're almost a straight line in front of the net, and they came within 25 feet or less. Um, and those were the you know that was Hedman, that was uh, Point, that was I believe Kucherov. I think those were the three. I know Hedman was the the nail in the coffin as it were um but that was on the defense right the defense just forgot to show up in game three (laughs) for lack of a better description but in game one the defense was focused you know they're coming up against headman and this scary good defense they're coming up against kucherov and kucherov is on par with mckinnon of you say the name and NHL players across the league quake in their skates and they don't quite know why, you know, because, you know, someone in a room somewhere said Kucherov and they all went, oh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and as a Tampa Bay fan, I'm sitting here going, yay, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, I I was curious to see coming in how they would handle Kucherov, how they would handle Point, because Braden Point is, I think, underrated outside of um, Florida hockey circles, you know, people who watch the games consistently, they're like, this, this kid is good and then people who watch a couple of games go oh oh wow he's really good and i'm sitting here going thanks for joining <laughs> um but they found a way to solve kucherov and point and for the most part Pilat, um, andre Pilat they've mostly found a way to solve victor hedman who is uh quite terrifying and um watching him go against miro hayskinen has been incredible right generational talents going head to head on the ice and you can see them just grinning at each other when they slam into the boards together and, and you know that they're enjoying this as much as the fans are but i think the dallas defense didn't get cocky didn't check out in game one and didn't yeah they kind of did what we call turtling in dallas um, in the third period where they just kind of eased back on the throttle and went, okay we're gonna coast we're just gonna hold this lead we're gonna walk away with the win they did that a little bit but they didn't let that make them lazy on the ice. Um, they stayed focused. They clearly watched the tape. They knew that Tampa Bay um, have a very good goaltender in Vasilevsky. Um clearly one of the best in the league, right? Uh, but they found a way to get to his weaknesses and get a little bit inside his head with a couple of those goals where you could see him as he's coming up from it going, Where on earth did that puck come from? That's not possible. So a little bit of the mind games, a little bit of the defensive effort, and then just the the Dallas forwards who have had this goal resurgence in in our offense going, let's have some fun. We're in the Stanley Cup final. Let's make the best of it. Um, They found the weaknesses, and that was what got them game one. Game two... Uh, they forgot how they solved Palat and Point and Kucherov, which cost them. And in game three, yikes. <laughs> Everything <laughs> took a night off in game three, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Um, well, not Steven but, Santos.
1: I mean, when <laughs> I saw the news that he was taking warm-ups, I literally went, yes! And then my second <laughs> out of my mouth, out of that was, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Hasn't played in an NHL game since February 25th, you know, almost seven months to the day, right? And, and there is this kind of rumbling of, if he comes back, he is a Dallas Stars killer. He, he is, you know, historically, his numbers against Dallas are frighteningly good. And Dallas knows it. And so I think they got a little bit spooked that suddenly Stamkos is back. He's on the ice. He's taking shifts. He had really low, really short shifts. And it was on the bench for the final two periods, but I think him coming back and then scoring in his first shot, completely unsettled the Dallas defense because they had really geared themselves towards playing against a Stamkos list Tampa Bay defense. And with him being that wild card, all of a sudden, and in a massive wild card of, you know, where's his um, capability at, you know, how, how effective is he going to be on the ice? Uh, the answer is incredibly effective. And it cost Dallas. They they were kind of scrambling after the Stamkos goal, trying to figure out, do we need to retool our defense on the fly to focus on Stamkos and Headman? Do we need to just focus on headman? Who do we need to focus on now? You know, you know you've know, you got points and Kucherov coming in. And it was, Dallas just got overwhelmed in game three and never quite stopped with getting overwhelmed. And yeah, I as a a Tampa Bay fan was incredibly once my, Oh no. And groaning while live tweeting, you know, that he had scored from a, from a Dallas perspective, my, my Tampa Bay reaction was just the captain's back. And I'm so relieved because he's back, you know, he's, he's not that young. He, he had a pretty major injury and for him to come back in the Stanley cup final, that has to feel good. And as a fan, it's, it is so wonderful to see him back. Uh really terrified for game four, let me tell you. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens with him. But yeah, Dallas has been a little uh I, not flaky, but Jekyll and Hyde, right? Game one, totally different stars team. Game two, about half of that. Game three, it was like they got space jammed, like their capability just went out the window. Um Here's how big you know the aliens return it if we're sticking with the space jam analogy. Here's how they return <laughs> it. uh at Bugs Bunny if you're listening. Help!
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Michael's secret stuff needs to stay with Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> um has Dallas gotten down in any they were down to the Calgary Flames though, weren't they?
1: They were down uh let me double check before I say some ridiculous number and then, you know, get no, all
0: so. game. I mean, in the series, because we all know about the, the 3-0 and the first period and Dallas looked like they were toast. And then they just completely dispatched the Flames.
1: Right. They, they very much. Um, boy, I'll tell you that game where they came out roaring against uh, Calgary and my I called my mother during the intermission she would not pick up during the secondary mission when it was what five three and uh <laughs> I'm not, not talking up.
0: to you right now Logan
1: <laughs> and she literally messaged me are you bleeding or on fire and I was like no and she goes okay I'll talk to you after the game and then actually picked up my next call and we're talking and the game comes back on and she goes love you hate your team bye and for the first time in my life hung up on me <laughs> <laughs> I was just cracking up. I was just too entertained to do anything, but uh, yeah. So the Calgary series, they were down uh, two to one after the first three. So they were in the same place with the Tampa Bay series. Right. And then after that, they had uh, three wins in a row. So the last time Dallas was down two to one, um, they, uh one, five to four, two to one, and then seven to three, as we all know. So just going to let that stat sit there and try not to do <laughs> <juice> anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's here's hoping. And I remember thinking at that point when they were down two to one in Calgary, I, I just thought Calgary's down to check, but they're going to find a way to just roll over the stars. Stars are going to go home we're going to, they're going to have to do something about the cap space situation. They're going to have to do some rebuilding, you know, we'll talk about the head coaching maybe, or they will, we'll talk about the head coaching. And then Dallas just went, nah, not today. And came out swinging. Good grief. Did they come out swinging? <laughs> At some point I'd like to go rewatch those wins with Calgary, you know, having done the live tweeting and, you know, like my stark reminders and, And podcasts about them and and go back and watch them as a fan and enjoy it, not in the heat of the moment trying to pay attention to every micro detail and just enjoy the performance. But I don't know if my heart rate can take that. (laughs) So.
0: All right. Well, since you brought up the coaching, let's talk about that. I feel like even though they were down, they are down too Come on, let's be real. Like, Tampa's a way better team than the Flames. Like, the Flames have a couple of really high-end talented guys and some decent goaltending, but, like, Taylor Johnson is playing on Tampa's third line, all right? like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> C- Cedric Paquette, he's a decent fourth-liner for Tampa. Like, okay, whatever, dude. But also at this point, I guess you could say they're about on par because they are injured. Of course, Dallas has their own injuries that they're battling as well. We'll get to that in a minute, but Rick bonus, like he's kind of surprising, you know,
1: he, um, you
0: know, I can't quite get a
1: read on him. And, uh, for, for Kings fans listening, uh, bonus was, uh, the assistant head coach under Jim Montgomery until Jim Montgomery, uh, was, was fired, uh, Surely, before after Christmas, somewhere around there, it's a little hazy with the holiday in the middle. Um, and and Bonus took over as as interim head coach, coached the team through the winter classic spectacularly. And I can't get a read on him because he's part of this same system that has seen Dallas almost completely smother their offensive capabilities despite when you look at the forward roster, it's it's offense up the creek, right like just, there's so much of it statistically speaking, when you look at those names, but then you look at their on production for two seasons and you go, what happened? And part of that is the change in style of play and part of that comes from the coaching and that that's a legacy holdover from Ken Hitchcock let's be honest um but Jim Montgomery came in and did not mess with the system too much. He tried to initially it did not go well and so he went, okay we've Clearly this team has been retooled to be defense first. So let's stick with that. And then let's try to figure out this offense. He found success with that at the beginning of the season and bonus continued that trend and into the playoffs has been the same, but my, my hesitancy with him, you know, watching this is he's, he's part of that same system of don't mess too much with the team, let the guys do their thing. And he also does not give the younger players on the team enough ice time. And that drives me up the wall he, you know, uh Guryanov in that Calgary game where he had four goals, did so the first three of them he did in less than like nine minutes of ice time. It was it was something like remarkable. I, I was just looking at like his you know shift count and shift time and just going, his shift length was like 30 seconds or less. That barely gives you time to set the play up, let alone get the puck in the net. Um so my gripe with him is is Play the young guys more, you know, hence Gurianov, Dickinson, the guys who have been scoring goals, right? Gariano have led the team in goals in the regular season and had consistently some of the smallest ice time. So I am nervous about post-Stanley Cup final with bonus. Uh, Nell, General, General manager Jim Nil has said on record in an interview um, that the uh, permanent head coach job is there for the taking if bonus wants it, because as far as he's concerned, quote, he's earned it. And, you know, the the stars are in the Stanley cup final for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big deal. But I worry that bonus might become complacent by that and not do a lot of retooling in the off season or work with the lines in preseason to maintain this offensive capability that they seem to have suddenly discovered. Um, I, I do have concerns about him for next season, but for now, he's doing great. And, you know, the players have talked about, they just love him. He's a great person, you know, outside of like high coaching, he is a good human being. He is a great role model and leader. He's great in the room with the guys that the, you know, the players have talked about. They just love him. Head coach in the room as a person hanging out with in the bubble. So that is a good sign for me that that they are very much supportive of him and trust his choices, which is good. Um, but I, I want to see Bonus's feet held to the fire a little bit next season of capture this, don't laugh at the pun, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's you know, hold his feet to the fire, capture that lightning in the bottle, and then just keep pushing for the same level of production from this team because this roster is capable of something like this consistently. We just have to hope that the team can fiddle enough here and there with the lines, with the roster, with the salary cap to make that not permanent, but at least tenable for the next season, maybe two or three. And, that depends on what happens with the salary cap um, for the team with with upcoming contracts. Yikes! <laughs> for Kings fans listening, uh, the Stars currently have $815 of cap space remaining. <laughs> Very close to my mic now. Yikes! <laughs> so, yes, those but... are my thoughts on
0: the head coach. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the Stars are also in the Stanley Cup final, so are and I I do have to give
1: credit to bonus I remember saying um to somebody I don't think it was on a podcast it might have been just you know someone day to day if they make it to the semifinals let alone pass that I will eat my Dallas Stars hat you know and I guess I have some victory green crow coming up here shortly (laughs) um yeah he he has done an incredible job with this team especially with young kids on the roster um helping them kind of get geared towards NHL level, you know, working with, you know, um, Jake Otanger in the net, you know, backing up Hudobin has looked incredibly calm. And I honestly expected him to be a lot more nervous, a lot more shaky because this, you know, he's never played an NHL game period before these playoffs. And I think bonus went a long way with that of, you know, him and the goaltenders kind of sitting Jake down and just saying, you know, deep breathing, we're, we're behind you. We trust you. Like we, you're going to be okay. And you know, his veteran presence bonuses, veteran presence is very, very impressive. And, uh, he used to work with John Cooper. So this is a very interesting goaltender on goaltender and head coach on head coach matchup for this Stanley cup final. It's, it's almost like two halves of the same system and who who's going to win out of the slug fest. So fingers crossed
0: (laughs) all right we're gonna do a quick break and then we will be right back with more about the dallas stars and we are back from our quick break thanks for sticking around logan let's talk about real quick let's talk about anton hudobin
1: you know in in dallas you know our our staff and in our articles we've we've been talking about for a while that it's it's not so much starter backup it's a tandem because you know the trade-off between him and, and Bishop is so seamless in the net when they're both locked in it's almost you almost can't tell them apart aside from the what is it like eight inch height difference <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah Hudobin is just incredible in the regular season and then coming into the playoffs suddenly you know, we start hearing rumors, you know, Bishop unfit to play, who opens in for most of the round robin games. And then suddenly for the playoffs, he started 21 games out of the 22 he has played, which is mind boggling for someone who has the back of goaltender label. And um, before this run, he like, The Stars rode Bishop last year in the playoffs. Um, Before this, Hudobin only had two previous playoff games in relief in his career to speak of. So for Hudobin to come out like this as a relative unknown in playoffs and dazzle like he has, it's incredibly gratifying, you know, having written about him for about two seasons now and as a fan – to watch everyone else fall in love with this goaltender that we all just adore to pieces. We just, and you can tell, like, the team just love him. He is, as my mother described him, um, sunshine, cupcake. You know, it's like rooting for Winnie the Pooh. And I was like, well, that's one way to put it. Also, I'm never unlinking that with Hudovan now in my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um. But it, it, it's just been incredibly gratifying to see him go on this absolute goal-tending tear game three aside. And, you know, again, when you look at that shot map from game three, three of those were front door, no defenders around to speak of. He sh- there was only so much of the goal he could like hulk up and block out physically, right? Uh, and I, I think it, I think it was the right call putting the backup in net for the third period in game three to give him a little bit of a break and – probably so that he wouldn't sit there grinding his teeth to dust about the defense being missing. (laughs) Um, But he's, he's been absolutely lights out good. And it's been a joy to watch as a fan and to write about, and to also write about, you know, he allowed three goals and I think it was about three minutes in one of the Calgary games. And I'm sitting there fingers crossed going, don't pull him, don't pull him, don't pull him, trust him. And bonus trusted him. The players trusted him. He did not get spooked. He just shook it off and went, okay, that was a bad couple of minutes. And then, you know, probably swearing at his teammates of, Hey, guard my blind spots, please. And lights out, you know, didn't let in any more goals. If I remember correctly from that game. Um, I think that was the, uh, the game where they just careened through Calgary at the end, right. The seven goals. Um, So being able to trust your backup, that he won't get rattled, that he won't get spooked. He won't just start letting in goals like a leaking faucet, right? That is so crucial, especially when your starter is unfit to play and has been for almost every game in the playoffs. And so Hudobin is basically the, the de facto starter. And trusting him like one and trusting his own judgment of him going, I'm good. Don't Don't worry about me. Don't pull me. I can do this. Give me a second to just get my bearings again. That is so critical when it comes to goaltending. And it has paid off for Dallas, their trust in Hudobin. And uh, at some point, someone needs to make the in Hudobin we trust or in Dobby we trust t shirt. And let me tell you, (laughs) I will be one of the first pre orders for that.
0: (laughs) He needs to be on your socks. He does.
1: I I keep wanting to make the, um, you know, Dobby is a free elf sock joke, but I, I keep. You know, I've I've been keeping it in my back pocket when it comes to Twitter, waiting for the right moment, and I, I have a, a short list of what that right moment is going to be. You know, depending on what happens, but um, just lovely. I my favorite Anton Hudoven quote I've I've ever seen was his post game um, after game one. So for those that might have missed the the pregame for game one of the Stanley Cup final, they brought the Stanley Cup out and put it up in the stands with spotlights on it and the game played under the Stanley Cup. And it was this really just like hair standing up on the back of your neck moment, watching them bring the cup out and the you know the starting lineups are on the ice and everyone's looking up at it and you go, Oh, this is real. This this is about to happen. And apparently Kudovin said in the postgame, he said. I just looked at the other guys in the ice and said, maybe we just take it and run. No one will notice. <laughs> I, I just, that was the moment when I just fell head over heels in love and went, okay, he, he, everyone has to love him at this point, right? That is the most wonderful thing you could possibly <laughs> say. And so I sent that tweet to my mother who has become a, a Dobby massive fan. I sent it to her and her immediate response was, can you imagine him and all of his goalie gear, his little stocky self, and all of that goalie gear, grabbing it and running off with it. And I just shot back, ever would to be too charmed and entertained to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a goaltender with all of his gear and a Stanley Cup running through the bubble? No, it's fine. That's a normal sight every day. <laughs> <laughs> so, someone please out there, someone who's good with Photoshop or, uh, you know art, please someone make that graphic of him and his goalie gear just carrying the Stanley Cup running for his life. That would be <laughs> I funny. <need> <laughs> I just want that as a lock screen on my phone. Minimum.
0: <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> sorry, the Stanley Cup is really heavy he though. My
1: favorite. It's, I, you know, I get the feeling I mean, you can kind of tell, this might be the fangirl in me, but you can kind of tell when you see the guys in the offseason lifting it and they're in t-shirts and you see the biceps bulging which lovely <laughs> um <laughs> right uh and, and and you 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 see them lift it it's like oh that's got some heft to it uh but i i will be curious to to see what happens with that stanley cup but in in the meantime you know when we did our, our site predictions with the staff for defending big d um and one of my Stafford has got his in first and said if if Logan wants to, you know, pick Tampa Bay, you know, to break my, you know, prediction streak, that's her prerogative. And I, aside from one uh of my predictions, have been right in every single prediction for the playoffs thus far, which is a little bit freaky. Um, I've never had this good of a run. So
0: <laughs> hoping your run your run ends in the final.
1: <laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah, so my my entire prediction was just, you know, if if my staff want to, you know, poke at me for my my fangirl tendencies about Tampa Bay, that's <laughs> their
0: prerogative.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, just sitting there trying to figure out what my prediction was for the Stanley Cup final. I went back and forth for a good thirty six hours, just trying to figure out. Having consistently watched both of these teams this season for several seasons with these rosters, trying to figure out who's going to come out on top, and sitting there. You know, it's it's the wily e. coyote gif where he's hovering in midair before dropping into the canyon with the sign saying, Help <laughs> <laughs> that was how I felt trying to come up with my prediction for the the final. So Dallas in I think I want to say I, I picked Dallas in six if I remember correctly. Um I, I sit here crossing all of my fingers and toes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, but I'm hoping for Tampa in six or seven, just either way, Tampa. Because, I, so here's the thing, I, I do like Dallas, and I love Dobby, and Dobby definitely deserves to have his name on the cup and whatever. Um, but I cannot, first of all, I cannot in good conscience root for C- Corey Perry to have his name <laughs> on the cup again, like, just no. But secondly, this league is all about being copycat. So, because it's a bunch of stupid copycats, I want every single stupid team in this league to start trying to copy Tampa. Because they keep stubbornly resisting. But if Tampa wins, maybe they will finally go, okay, we can have small boys on our team. We yeah. can have, you know, high-level guys like Tyler Johnson play in our bottom six, and it's not a big deal. Like, because this, they're stacked. The this, this stupid league still, everybody is still trying to go, okay, we have, like, an excellent top six. We are mostly set. In our top six, we've got like four guys on our top six. That's amazing. And then like, there's a significant drop off between the the second and the third lines. And then again, there's a significant drop off between the third and the fourth lines. So between right. your first and your fourth guy, and I'm not trying to knock anybody who plays in the NHL because it is not easy. And if you got there more power to you, man, but I'm just saying I love skill teams like Tampa. Just right. skill, 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 more skill, and not every team is going to have a generational talent like Stamkos, like McDavid, like McKinnon. I just I want high level skill players, and I I mean like this is the thing that frustrates me with the Kings. Like they're still kind of going for the that that blue collar chips in ten to twelve goals in a year type player. It's like, I know it's not easy to build a team. I'm not, (laughs) I I could not, as an armchair GM, I could not build a better team than what we currently have. I'd make a very (laughs) lousy scout. I'll be completely honest with you. But the thing is, I mean, Have you seen the Kings recently? I I think you could, I I, I, I mean, Los Angeles
1: Kings, if you're listening, please, please hire Robin. Please. I'm
0: begging you. Yes, please. Somebody give me a job. (laughs) I mean, I think the Kings are going to be a good team, but I don't think that they'll ever be able to hang with, you know, Dallas and Tampa, maybe Dallas, but I still think that they're kind of a step or two below Dallas. I think they'll eventually be able to hang with the Calgary Flames, but the Calgary Flames can't really hang with Dallas. Because the
1: Calgary Flames don't have as much depth to their roster as Dallas, right? Yeah, and I, and I talked in this this podcast a little bit about our depth through the lineup and our depth. Different, well, there I should say Dallas's depth differs greatly from Tampa Bay's depth because Dallas has a very solid forward roster, um, and you've got maybe one guy on each line, possibly two, who are going to be the goal guys. You know, you've got you know Hans Keriano of Dickinson, right for the lower down. You've got. Um, uh, the, the the big threes, we call them, Gradulov and Sagan. So you've got those three who are bonkers when it comes to goals, mostly, uh, you know, outside of this season. And then you've got one or two guys on each of the lines. And then you go to Tampa's roster and, and your jaw just hits the floor because every single guy in the forward roster is lights out good. Um, right? Like you said, Tyler Johnson is five foot eight. He's a tiny guy. He was undrafted in multiple drafts, and former general manager Steve Eiserman i always say his name wrong—calls <laughs> him in his final season the WHL and goes, "Hey, come put on a Tampa Bay sweater and you know, like training camp and you know, in uh, in tryouts and, and see what happens." And he's one of their like franchise record holders now. He's he's one of the faces of the team. And he's this tiny guy that the league refuses to draft high, refuses to give a shot, give time to, and has made an incredible difference. And then, you know, you've got Nikki Kucherov, who, who is just, Insane. my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and by all accounts, a delightful human being off the ice, just really, really wonderful. Um and uh the I think the thing that like kind of cemented my love for him was last year. He kept wearing a pride pin on his sweatshirt for the post-game stuff for weeks after their hockey is for everyone night. Just refused to take it off. And I just went, Yep, yeah, okay. I love this one. Uh but you know, you've and then you've got Hedman, you've got Stamkos, you've got Vasilevsky. It just the mind buggles <laughs> looking at that roster and they are loaded and all of a lot of those names are not high draft picks a lot of those names are not guys that you would have looked at in scouting and gone yeah the, these are going to be like you know faces of a franchise these are these are going to be the future Connor McDavid's of the league right no one thought that like this is an unusual roster they they have built young they have built fast they have built offense heavy with good defense which is critical and it's paying off in space for them and i would love to see the league recognize that work by the front office and by the players themselves and and start to copy that and have it change drafting and scouting and development because my goodness you know i'm, I'm a whl billet mom and i i watch you know, every single one of the, the kids' games and a lot of the kids in the WHL, especially because you know, young men have a final growth spurt in their twenties. So when you draft them, that's not going to be their final height, most likely. So being less than six foot or six foot one is not the end all be all for hockey. You've got kids that are five eight, five, nine, five, ten in the WHL who are tearing it up on the ice and clearing away the better players. And you look at the scouting reports and the draft rankings and they're MIA they're low on the list and and a lot of the times it's small stature question mark in a big league and and I just sit there and go we've we've moved in the league they have moved away from drafting for goon status right of the enforcer role the, the league has shifted away from that now the league needs to enter another shift of shifting from size matters size when it comes to hockey in the current league as it is does matter because otherwise you're going to get flattened by Jamie Alexiak six foot seven Jamie Alexiak had a holding penalty for holding five foot eight Tyler Johnson and and I just sat there (laughs) I gave myself the hiccups I was laughing so hard just because of the hilarity of that moment of watching the height difference of that and, and just cracking up about it um so the current iteration for maybe another season or two you you do need to have a roster that at least can physically hold its own whether that's through muscle or size or speed to outstrip those guys who are going to flatten you against the boards but going forward in the future the, the league needs to realize size does not equate skill and tyler johnson is the face of that and i i've been preaching that for seasons as a ardent you know hometown fan of his um <laughs> I do want to see Dallas win as much as I want Tampa Bay to have that respect for what they have done, building an incredible, you know, generational roster that will continue to dominate for years because it's a young roster for the most part. Um, Steven Stamkos, please stay healthy. Please stay with the team. Um, but for Dallas, they have a significantly older roster. We have, you know, they have those young players coming up like Gurianov, Hitz, Dickinson, um, you know, Kivaranta. But... A lot of the players are much, much older, closer to the 30 or 35 mark than you know, 23, 25, right? You know, that that kind of sweet spot for production for offense, especially for defense, too.
0: I think you just call the Dallas Stars old, Logan. And <laughs> they're not even 30 yet, okay? Some of them, I know Joe Pavelski's over thirty and Corey Perry's over thirty, but they're not all over thirty, Logan. It open is thirty-four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, just saying. I mean, he doesn't play like he's 34, thank goodness. Um, but they are, you know, look, Jamie Ben has been through, you know, bone spurs in his hips and, you know, went through, I think it was double hip surgery to deal with that one offseason. Um, you know, Tyler Sagans had an injury or two. You're you're looking at players that I are either physically A little bit older than their age just because of a a horrific injury or two or you know their age they're they're entering that decline in production or they're about to they're going to which means that unless you heavily retool in the offseason and support the young kids coming up and clear out some of the older players who don't have long-term contracts this roster maybe has a chance next season um if you know, if they can capture this momentum and, and maintain that, um, just because you're going to see production declines, you're you're going to see players shift and go to another team. And, you know, if, if they're a critical piece, there is that transition of, of getting someone in that space and, and getting them comfortable with it. Uh, we we have written several articles, I know Taylor, our managing editor, has has written repeatedly over the years of the window is closing on this team getting a championship and being cemented as great players, great team, you know, deserves to be talked about. And for me watching, I'm sitting here going, I think this is their shot, uh, to quote Hamilton boys, please don't throw away your shot. Uh, <laughs> but Tampa Bay's young, they'll be back. I mean, look at last season, you know, went home four zero after Columbus, ouch. Um, Fun fact, the only time I've ever deleted Twitter off of my phone was after that series. But, (laughs) uh, you know, they will be back. They came back after last year. They came back this year. They're consistent. Dallas has a few more cards stacked against them. And it makes me nervous for future seasons. And look, coming into this season, I, I did not think they would make it past the second round of the playoffs just based on their roster, based on production, especially the first, you know, when they went on that horrific losing streak at the start of the season and everyone went, Oh, this is it. They're going to crater worse than, than what Detroit did. Um, thankfully they didn't, but it's, uh, you know, even when they went on the winning streak after that, even when they went on this meteoric rise after the winter classic, I, I still sat there just really, really nervous going this, This is great. I love this, but there needs to be shoring up when it comes to like front office work to make sure that this is viable for the future. Whereas right now it feels like the last dance without the five championships behind it, right? Like this is the last dance for this roster. And all of the fans are going, we're going to enjoy it as long as it lasts. And please, please, please let it last as long as possible. (laughs) However, if I have to sit there and live tweet game seven overtime in the Stanley Cup final, Um, it will be from another plane of existence. I will have astral projected out of my body. Uh, you know, I, I would like my tombstone to reach. She died doing what she loved yelling about sports and having a time. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that legitimately was what was going to happen and double over time against St. Louis in game seven last year, but (laughs) still here clearly. (laughs) Or am I, am I a ghost? Stay tuned. (laughs)
0: you make a so. valid argument but you know nothing is ever guaranteed like the best offense in the league last year i think tampa won the um the president's right. trophy right or something like that but i mean nothing is ever guaranteed so that's why you know it it i'm not going to argue with you or try to change your mind about who you're rooting for obviously but it's just kind of interesting you know it's like oh you know tampa has time Nothing's guaranteed. What if Stamkos's injury is career-threatening or career-ending? Or what if you know Tyler Johnson, God forbid, knock on wood, you know, suffers a broken leg at the beginning of next season or whatever? You, know, I don't want it to happen. Knock on wood, He does not happen. Or but... goes
1: to the Kraken because hometown team. <laughs> That's my fear. <laughs> that would, I would
0: be oh, watch uh... him play hockey like oh. <laughs> Oh, God, could you imagine? But, okay, you know, Stamkos or Johnson or Palat or or whoever, because we are getting a new expansion team. Like, nothing's ever guaranteed. So,
1: and a just, sh- anyway. Heavily. I mean, Hudobin is um, unrestricted free agent after the end of the 2021 season, which is when the expansion happens. And before Dallas went deep, everyone was saying he's gone. He, he's going to be the starter for... Seattle, that's what's going to happen. And I'm sitting here watching him in the final going, I wonder if Jim Nill, the general manager, is sitting down and crunching numbers and going, how can we extend his contract? He is clearly putting all the chips on him so far in the playoffs has paid off in spades. So to carry on the uh, the poker metaphor. (laughs) But you're right. Nothing is guaranteed. uh, And did any of us expect this for a Stanley cup matchup? I think a lot of people expected it to be Colorado instead of Dallas facing Tampa Bay. I think a lot of people expected Tampa Bay to possibly come roaring back to try to avenge what happened last year. And because they are good, Colorado came out of the gate, shaking the roof with how good they are. And it's been a playoff of upsets. Um, And honestly, I, I don't think, I could have asked for anything better as a fan of hockey in general and to have two Southern market teams in the Stanley cup final is
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly it would not have surprised me to see Colorado because they were my pick to come out of the West. Um, but it wouldn't have surprised me to see Colorado and Boston in the final. Um, I mean, Boston's mm-hmm. roster is, is pretty well loaded as, as well as Tampa. Um, but I think Tampa is just slightly better than Boston. But Boston also, they were kind of an unfortunate victim of injuries again this year. Um, Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's get to injuries real quick. Both teams obviously suffering injuries. Steven Stamkos came back and provided a big punch in the arm for Tampa. Is there anybody who could do that for Dallas? Because I noticed that they were missing a couple significant players on their roster um, in the last game as well. Right. So, the um,
1: you know, at this point, a lot of, of people are saying, you know, Ben Bishop returning is is kind of an, uh, not uh, as big a deal as, like, Stamkos coming back, right, in terms of, like, big names returning. For Dallas, it's the the less the lesser known names outside of the Dallas circle. So in, in Dallas, uh, they have what is called the FCC line, Foxa, Como, Cagliano, and they are the shutdown line. They're the, you know, third line or second line, depending on, you know, what's currently rotating through on the ice. They are the ones that you put out. If you want to shut down whatever is happening from the other team and they were a huge part of success for Vegas and Colorado and in, you know, kind of ruffling the feathers for Calgary as well. So um, Foxa has been out several games. Uh, Como was out for game three and that made a huge difference. So you've got two out of those three of that big shutdown line, suddenly unfit to play due to, you know, getting banged up and you have to reshuffle all the lines to make that work. And it showed because Pilat had these openings where he was getting shut down. Uh, you know, Kucherov, right, just tears off with the puck. Uh, Hedman breaks through with the puck, whereas this FCC line, Como Cogliano, were very, very good at they knew what their job was. They're not the Haskinen. They're they're not the, you know, Kivaranta, you know, with the goal, you know, that's wonderful with the great call, you know, from the, the home country. They are the guys who go out, grind it, and shut down. And two of them were out in game three, and it showed. So, Como is day-to-day, which is good news. As of this morning, he was listed day-to-day. So, he will be, hopefully, a game-time decision for Friday. Um, And he, uh, Johns, Stephen Johns is still unfit to play. Ben Bishop is unfit to play Foxa is unfit to play. So it's unclear if Foxa could potentially come back for game four. But if the stars at least get Como back to at least have two out of those three of that line, they can slot somebody else into Phil Fox's uh, you know, uh role. And at least Dallas has two-thirds of the firepower when it comes to locking down massive slots of of open ice pressure from, from Tampa Bay. So that will be huge. Uh, The other big updates this morning were that Radulov and Grianov were fine. Uh, Radulov tried to do a check on, I believe it was Blake Coleman uh, towards the end of last night's game, misjudged it, basically went, you know, like shoulder back neck into the ice and the boards and kind of shook himself, you know, his helmet had like, like slumped down on his face. You know, he, he looked a little rattled, went to the locker room after Supposedly, he's fine. Um, Guriana took a, I believe, a puck to the face or a stick to the face last night. At, in the very final minutes of the game, left the ice. As a result, they said he's fine. So, thankfully, those two who are big guns for Dallas, especially in this series, they will hopefully be in the lineup tomorrow, though. Nothing is guaranteed, even though they were fine today. You know, something could happen. Hopefully not. But keep an eye out for the news about Blake Como in the lineup for game four on Friday. That is, that is the big takeaway from our injuries. If Como comes back, that is a very good sign. If Foxa can eventually come back later in the series, even better. Uh, The chances are even better for Dallas then, but yeah, Como, I, I never thought I would be saying this, but you know, cross your fingers. Como is a big deal. And is not talked about enough. He's he's a great player anyway, but in this moment against this Tampa Bay team, he is sorely needed. And uh, fingers crossed for him. Those are the, the injury updates thus far for Dallas. Thankfully short <laughs> compared to you know, like Colorado at the end of the of their series against Dallas, where it's just this list that kept going and you go, <laughs> it's like the credits of a movie. When does it end? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Logan, you are a fountain of information and you far exceeded my expectations, which I didn't really have any coming into this podcast, but thanks so much for being with me today. (laughs) I like having a low bar to clear. It makes me feel very accomplished. (laughs) Well, as long as you feel accomplished and not offended, then I've done my job. (laughs) I'm just glad you're not
1: sitting here going like, you know, like DMing me like behind the scenes, just going, oh my God, shut up already. (laughs)
0: Well, you're well researched.
1: And, you know, I am I am your pub trivia person. You know, you need the <laughs> random trivia expert. Get me on the phone. I will happily, you know, be the red shirt off the bench for that.
0: <laughs> oh, heck yeah. All right. That's it. I'm coming up to Portland and we're going to do some pub trivia in like three Please years do. after we have a, you know, a vaccine, vaccine. and quote unquote herd immunity or whatever. Exactly. I uh, Next time I get down to LA, we are definitely doing. Yes. <laughs> I,
1: I will go with you to a Kings game. God help me. And then we will do <laughs> pub trivia. <laughs> There's we'll no pub trivia
0: the at the Kings game today. though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks again, Logan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Logan Stark Chell. C-H-E-L, because I'm nothing if not, you know, Furda for the boys, you know, hockey <laughs> slang. <laughs> uh, follow me and get all of the nerdy hockey takes, uh, some occasional Cubs updates, and uh, yeah, things you should be, you know, paying attention to in, in politics in the election cycle. That is, I like to call your be really scare the shit out of you stuff that you still need to know anyway. <laughs> so that's what you're getting on my Twitter.